Welcome to this week's Energy Show. A few short years ago, utilities were promoting nuclear power left, right, and center, and they were really criticizing solar. It was too expensive, it wasn't going to work, it, it was intermittent, new technology, blah, blah, blah. I even remember like about seven or eight years ago that utilities signed up for a satellite system that would have huge solar panels orbiting the Earth beaming power down to the utility. That's kind of what they were looking at doing instead of just you know, rooftop solar. Well, it's completely changed. My jaw dropped this week when PG&E announced the closure of their Diablo Canyon nuclear plant. Now, this, this announcement came on the heels of Exelon, which is a big uh, Midwest utility, shutting down two nuclear plants in Illinois. And other utilities have been announcing nuclear plant shutdowns for financial reasons. You know, think about it. It's, they're not making sense. So this week, we're talking about what utilities are doing instead of just saying about our future energy sources. It's a change. They used to say, you know, nuclear, coal, that's great. And now they're, they're shutting those things down. So it, what they're doing is different than what they've been saying. And they're kind of being dragged into the 21st century with clean energy because it's just darn cheaper. So a little bit of background on the Diablo Canyon nuclear plant. Now, this plant is located in San Luis Obispo County. It's kind of in the middle of the California coast. There's two reactors there that were designed by Westinghouse. Westinghouse made pretty much all the reactors that are generating power in, in the U.S. and many of the ones around the world. One plant was started in 1985. The other was 1986. So these things have been chugging along for you know, 30 years, and, and they've been producing a lot of power. The power plants are by the ocean because you can use ocean water to cool the steam down so it condenses and then you can boil it again. Now, it's really good that we have had this nuclear plant over the past 30 years. It produces a heck of a lot of power. Kind of looking at the numbers, recently it's produced 8.6% of California's total electrical needs. It's enough for 3 million people. And this summer, and, and we've got more of these things coming up, this summer California's going to be short of power, especially because of the natural gas shortage from the Alizo Canyon gas leaks. And th this was a huge, huge underground gas storage facility north of L.A. And it's, it was leaking for a long time. And so they basically had to shut it down and cut back on the gas. It's a, a tremendous disaster. And it was one of those slow motion disasters that nobody could see. But but um, there's not a lot of natural gas storage down in California, Southern California, and they, they need power. So this, this plant is good for that. But luckily, we have a lot of solar coming online, and that's going to help. But looking back at, at um, Diablo Canyon and kind of what's going on, apparently this nuclear plant has been too expensive to operate. Obviously, it's risky. It's a half, uh, less than a mile from fault line that's called the shoreline fault line. And the, nobody knew about this fault line when the plant was built 30, 40 years ago. And it's also three miles from another fault line that they knew about, but they didn't think it was going to be that close. So surprisingly, people have always said, well, nuclear is really cheap to operate once the plant is built. Well, the big surprise to me is that now the utilities are saying the nuclear plants are expensive to operate, not cheap. And they're looking at alternatives like natural gas and, and renewables like solar and wind. We obviously know that nuclear is very expensive to build, and we obviously know that it's really expensive to decommission. We did a whole show on that. But now they're saying it's too expensive to operate. It's just the, the, the death knell of new nuclear plants. So let's just look at a quick comparison between nuclear technology and solar technology. Nuclear technology uses fission. It's where a couple of um, atoms hit together, atoms of uranium, and they create heat. That heat turns into steam. The steam runs a generator, and that's how they, they generate the power. So I mentioned the plants are expensive to build, expensive to operate, 
expensive to shut down, but they provide a lot of power, especially at night. They just keep running. And there's no emissions. So once the plants are built, that's pretty good. No emissions. But there's this little inconvenient thing of nuclear waste. There's a really big problem about occasional disasters every 10 or 20 years, like Fukushima, Three Mile Island, Chernobyl. And there's concern about nuclear terrorism, although that we've been very, very fortunate that nothing like that has happened. Um, now, compared to solar technology, solar is built also a nuclear technology, but it's the nuclear plant is 93 million miles away called the sun, and the sun's basically a, a giant fusion reactor, hydrogen atoms smashed together, and uh, they create energy and you know, so much energy that by the time it gets to the earth, it's diffuse. But with a lot of solar panels, we, we really, really can uh, collect that energy. That's what's cost-effective. Solar plants, whether it's on your roof or a huge plant in the desert, per kilowatt of generating capacity, really cheap to build. And they're dirt cheap to operate. I mean, really, they, they just run. There's a little bit of cleaning maintenance. Maybe every 10 years, they, the utilities have to fix an inverter. Homeowners have systems that are generally guaranteed for 12 to 25 years, but they're cheap to operate. They're cheap to shut down. Nobody's really shut these things down yet. The panels are good for 25 years. But there's a problem. There's intermittent power generation. Obviously, you don't get any solar power at night. So you need some kind of load, um, some storage to level the loads, whether that's battery storage, pumped hydro storage, or some kind of generating capacity that can kind of kick in when, when um, the sun starts going down or when peak loads hit, like later in the afternoon. And obviously, solar, no emissions, perfectly clean. So when you look at these decisions that are being made to shut down the nuclear plants, they're made based on the utilities' goals. And the utilities' goals are pretty simple. They've got, they got to do three things. They have to make a profit for their stockholders. They have to keep the lights on. They want to pr provide a steady source of power. And you have to, they want to keep people safe. Obviously, you don't want any disasters, problems. You know, And this, this also applies to um, gas distribution systems that some utilities have. So regarding keeping the lights on, one of the issues that's been coming up is our demand of electricity has kind of been changing a little bit. And because of solar, especially in California, and this has also happened in Germany, but our demand for our generation of electricity has been changing. And there's this whole concept called the duck curve. It sounds kind of silly. So this duck curve has the shape of a duck. The, the demand of electricity is kind of steady um, in, the, in the middle of the night. Nothing changes. And then during the day, there's more demand for electricity, but because we have so much solar, it actually depresses the amount of, of generation capacity that's needed. It depresses the load. So you got this like big dip. And then as the sun comes down and as people come home from work, there's a, a pretty big ramp up needed in the afternoon, say between 3 and 7 p.m. So that, and that's obviously when you don't have a lot of solar power coming in because, you know, the sun's going down. So you've got the shape of a duck. And what's been happening as more and more solar comes online, there's more and more generation during the middle of the day of solar power. Now, historically, that's been great. Um, and I just think back 10 years. There was no duck curve. The concept was unknown. Nobody even thought about it because the load, the demand curve of energy in California and pretty much everywhere used to be kind of a bell curve. It would be peak around 1 p.m. in the afternoon because people would have their lights on, they'd be at work, they'd run their air conditioning, and that's when we needed the most generating capacity. Well, solar came in 
And now we're just cranking out the power in the middle of the day. So that peak has now turned into a big depression. It's, it's generally a good thing because we don't need to be using fossil fuels, but it's created a little bit of a problem for the utilities that they have to find a way to kind of crank up the power really fast in the afternoon. So that's really changed. There's an easy solution to it. And the easy solution is either small natural gas peak generating systems, you know, polluting, but, you know, that's, that's expedient and that's what utilities are doing. They're saying, well, we got to really crank up the power from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. So we're going to put a lot of little natural gas plants in or storage systems where you're storing all that excess solar that's generated in the middle of the day, and then you can kind of use it. And there's different ways of storage. Battery storage obviously is there, but pumped hydro storage and compressed air storage and dams, that all works too. So the story at utilities has really changed. The old solar story used to be that solar was way too expensive, it was too intermittent, and nuclear gas and clean coal was the way that the utilities want to generate power. Now, the new solar story, it's changed. Solar's great, but the utilities like to own and operate the systems. They want to put in big plants in remote areas. They want to own rooftop solar because that's generating the electricity where they need it. But unfortunately, um, no, no utilities really figured out how to cost-effectively own that rooftop solar and operate it for less than a homeowner could do it themselves because the utilities are used to ha- you know, handling big infrastructure things, big plants, and owning a little six-kilowatt plant on somebody's roof and it is inconvenient for them. And the homeowner is not going to get enough compensation from the utility for effectively renting out the roof compared to what if the homeowner just put the system in themselves and generated their own electricity. So that's the dichotomy. It's not going to change. I'm not aware of any business model that makes sense for the owner of the roof, the homeowner, where the utility can actually own that system on the roof. The business model is basically um, the homeowner gets screwed if the utility owns it or the utility's business model has to change because the homeowner can generate their own electricity cheaper. So what happens is the utilities are just trying to make it more expensive for people to put solar on the roof or they're trying to prohibit it. Now, it's it's understandable because utilities are motivated to build more infrastructure. They want more generation infrastructure, power plants, nuclear plants, at least they used to, more distribution systems, more storage, because they not only do they charge customers for energy, and that's their business, they're selling kilowatt hours, but they also get a rate of return on their assets. So the more assets they have, the more profit they get to, to keep. So when utilities want to grow, and every business wants to grow, it's understandable, they want more profits, um, they found that distributed generation solar, solar on your rooftop, is bad for them. Energy efficiency, ironically, great, it's great, it's altruistic, it's what we should do. But it cuts back on the demand of energy, and it means that it, uh, utilities need fewer assets, and it's also kind of bad for them. So what's good for them? Well, EVs are really good because they can sell more electricity. They have to put in more generating capacity. They have to put in more transmission and distribution because of the peak power demands. More assets are good, and obviously more revenues are good for utilities. So the updated nuclear story, here's what's going on now. PG&E recently said that it's cheaper to shut down the Diablo Canyon plant and find replacement power, then to continue to run it. So the plan is to shut it down in 2025, nine years from now. It takes time to shut it down. There's employment that they want to maintain, and it takes time to find a replacement for that 8.6% of power that's being generated. But there's no doubt that they'll find that replacement power because we're installing generating capacity very quickly. Now, so when I'm thinking about that, looking at this press release, and it's really apparent that nuclear must be much more expensive than we've been led to believe by 
the power plant operators and by utilities. Obviously, utilities are all about maximizing their profits, and that's an understandable goal. So when the utilities are saying it's too expensive to run these plants, you know, it's clear, their actions. And this is also happening at other plants. So another example is Exelon, the inside story at Exelon. They have two plants in Illinois. The Clinton plant was announced earlier this year to shut down in 2017. Well, you know, we're going to shut down right away in a year. The Cordova plant is going to shut down in 2018. These were two plants that were kind of comparable in size to Diablo Canyon. Here's a fascinating thing, and I never really knew this, but they, they disclosed. These two plants lost a total of $800 million in the last seven years. So somehow the operating costs for these plants are $800 million loss. That's huge. Utilities are trying to make a profit, and they're just trying to get out of this millstone weight of nuclear power plants around their neck that they've committed to. Now, they probably have the same situation with coal because coal is expensive, but um, they're really trying to get out from under this uh, nuclear millstone. So what Exelon said is the power price from nuclear, in other words, the amount of money that they're getting paid by the ratepayers, doesn't cover their cash operating costs, not even their non-cash costs like decommissioning and depreciation and amortization um, or waste disposal costs. It's just their cash costs. And that's pretty amazing. So there's a bill in the Illinois state legislature that would provide extra financial credits to clean energy sources. Solar and nuclear, ironically, were included in this because nuclear doesn't emit carbon dioxide. So in that sense, it's clean. The bill didn't pass, and Exelon wasn't able to get extra compensation for the nuclear plant. And that's kind of interesting. It's like we want solar and nuclear. The bill didn't go through. If the bill was just solar, it might have gone through. Anyway, the same story is kind of happening at, at Diablo Canyon. The inside story is that PG&E worked out a very tricky compromise between the utility and between environmental groups in California. They also had to work out a deal between the utility, the Public Utilities Commission, and the unions because there's 1,500 people that are employed at the Diablo Canyon plant. Obviously, you know, we don't want to lose those jobs, and those people have been working there, heck, for 30 years. So the deal was that those jobs would stay in place for nine more years and, you know, hopefully those people are going to, I'm sure they'll find other good jobs. And obviously, you know, if they're looking for something sooner, they might want to get into the solar business because there's just going to be a lot, of, a lot of demand for that. But the other surprise was shutting down that plant was going to cost $3.8 billion. That's how much it's going to cost to shut down the plant. And so when you kind of look at the total economics of nuclear, it doesn't pencil out at all. You've got... Operating costs that are greater than what they can charge for electricity. you got to build the plant, and you have to shut it down. And then you have all the risks of uh, a potential disaster and, and waste disposal, which basically we're not accounting at all for the waste disposal. We're just putting it in pools and hoping that future generations will figure it out. So there was a compromise worked out between PG&E and the environmental groups, and this was kind of worked out also with the unions and the California Public Utilities Commission. Here's the deal that they worked out. In the overall scheme of things, I think it's a reasonable deal when you look at the compromise for getting the cost of electricity and then California's goals for reducing our emissions. PG&E will get to impose new charges on customers. These are new charges to shut down the plant. Now, this isn't including nuclear decommissioning or anything else. There's going to be a new charge on your bill, which is basically extra charge to shut down this plant in addition to the decommissioning. So they wanted to not lose the profits that they were hoping to get from 
this plant and you know, questionable whether there were really going to be profits here at all. So this is going to help prop up PG&E's profits. And the other thing that's interesting is this extra customer charge is there to help the utility transition not to natural gas, which they say is the cheapest substitute fuel. So what they want to do is, and other utilities are doing this because natural gas is so cheap, shut down nuclear, shut down coal, put in the natural gas plants. We don't want to do that in California because natural gas has carbon dioxide emissions. So they're getting paid extra money not to shift the natural gas and instead put in more storage. And they're talking about pumped hydro storage, possibly, you know, probably more solar, more wind, inevitably battery storage, and more energy efficiency. And so basically the deal that PUC and, and environmental groups made was we're going to pay PG&E a little bit more to shut down the plant and not replace it with another polluting source. So when you drill down on these economics for nuclear, they, they just don't pencil out. It's going to get more expensive. Natural gas, who knows what's going to happen with that. Obviously solar is going to get cheaper and storage is going to get cheaper. So in the future, the thing is, Get that solar plant on your roof. If you have solar on your roof, in the future, there's going to be a different electric grid. You're going to be able to charge your car with electricity. You're going to have storage in your home. There's just going to be kind of an automatic transfer of electrons between the roof, between what you need in your house, between your vehicle, between your storage system. And you're going to be selling power back to the utility when they need it. You're going to be buying power from them when you need it. It's going to be a change in the future, but it all starts with you installing rooftop solar panels on your roof. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. (laughs) 